Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Excellence Cartel today. Joined by the beautiful Jeffrey Sue, who obviously has had skincare help lately. Have you been getting Botox? You look beautiful. Jason, who's looking his usual grumpy self. And then me, the happy dwarf. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about optimizing your lipid panel and your heart. But first, I feel like it's very, very vital. Jeffrey Sue, if you could take a moment and talk about the coaching consortium. And then, guys, PEC 20 or PEC 27 oh, PEC 7 is January 27th, 28th. He would be 70 years old. I'd be 70 years old. Um, but we are going to go ahead and have that. That is tickets and everything will be going up. We've just found out that nobody starts buying anything till three months out. So we're not in a rush. I know you guys are already ready to buy your stuff. We appreciate it. Well, but... I thought we did talk about early bird special, right? Yeah, but no, yeah, we're going to do the early bird special. What I'm talking about as far as like getting everything like set up and ready yeah. to go, like there's weeks of process we still have. So, but all the tickets confirmed is um, I won't be presenting. I'm hosting the event. Jason's presenting. Jeff Sue's presenting. Alan Aragon is presenting, Brandon DeCruz, Laura Conlin, Vince Pittstick, Austin Stout, Scott Stevenson, and then Aaron Crawford. So it'll be a great event. Um, but Jeff, talk about the coaching consortium real quick. Yeah, so the coaching consortium is uh, the weekend before PEC. So the PEC is the weekend of the 27th to the 29th. So weekend before that, and it's a two-day event, seven speakers on Saturday, two-hour Q&A on Sunday for $349. If you purchase the ticket before uh, December 1st. And the topics are all different than PEC, even though there will be some speaker overlap between myself, Jeff, and Jason, and Austin Stout. Um, So I just had another girl buy a ticket. She's from out in California. So, you know, if you are limited in terms of your travel budget in the first quarter of next year, the consortium might be a great option for you to attend and network and learn. And if you want to travel, come to PEC or do both. So I agree, man. So I did that poll and people want me to do silky PJs and a cigar since I kick it off Saturday morning uh, talking about copper and iodine. I'm also going to pop a bourbon. So I just figure I'm just going to go ahead and get trash. So it's a good thing we're not doing the Q&A on Saturday because once I start drinking, I can't stop. I can at least be brave enough to admit that on the air. Um, okay. Well, thanks for dropping all that. With that being said, I'm gonna actually, well, I've got you and got you smiling and beautiful. What? How, how's your last seven days been, bud? Um. Pretty uneventful. You know, I don't have any crazy stories to tell you. Nothing really went on except I had, you know, some some painting done in my house. So I hired some painters to paint uh, another part of the kitchen, um, do some touch up work. I had some light fixtures changed. And so they had to, like, you know, do some um, like, I don't know, smooth out the ceiling or whatever. I don't know the term for it and paint over it. So I had that done. Um been doing some sounds cons- boring as fuck. You know, yeah, I've been doing some consults, uh, um, working on you know my PCOS presentation for a PEC, deep diving into some topics. So I guess you know, in that sense, I've just been like you know educating myself, and it feels good because you know I hardly get to do that these days, and you know I still feel that imposter syndrome myself sometimes when dealing with um, more complex topics. So. I'm always asking myself, like, you know, can I go deeper? Can I can I answer why, like, you know, five, six times and figure it out? And I've been able to do that. So it feels good. Awesome, man. Well, congrats on that. I know that's yeah. nice to be able to kind of get back into the belly of the beast, per se. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Jason, sir, you see, you seem happier now. Have I caught your attention? Is today a swell day in your world? Are you happy? And you know it. Clap your hands. I, you broke up. I don't know if it's my side or your side. Oh man, all that sarcasm missed. All right. Anyway, how's your last seven days? Um, uh, Let's see. It's been solid. Um, Had Maddox this weekend, took him to a pumpkin patch. Aiden came out with his girlfriend. So that was cool. Oh yeah. How's Aiden doing? He's finally got a girlfriend, huh? Yeah. He's had a girlfriend for about six months now. Wow. Look at Aiden. Before our eyes. Committed. Yeah, admitted. Yeah, they're 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 pretty. I don't want to say serious, but I mean they're locked at the hip, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so that was cool. Um, I had a just shit show of eating. I had uh, once a year I'll do a funnel cake, and they at, at that place, and I had a funnel cake. Uh, then <laughs> my parents wanted us to meet them for dinner, and they won't do anything like really nice. It has to be like no weight, get in and get out. So we went to like this local pizza joint. And I was going to get a chicken salad and I said, screw it. I'm hungry. I'm going to 
get pizza. And then my mom made brownies. We went and had that. And then I went, God, you fat fuck. I went home and ate nothing the rest of the night. And you starved. I felt leaner, dude. Like I've actually been getting leaner. I don't know what the hell that was about, but, uh, that happens sometimes, dude. Yeah. If I eat some shit and I'm like stuck, I seem to get me. You know that about me when I prep, I'll be like, let me just go get burger and fry. And then like a week later, I'm better. It's crazy how that works. Yep. Um, but other than that, like, you know, I'm really enjoying mentoring a lot of coaches. Um, I probably have about 60 uh, in group mentor. Um, drop my class bundle again for sale. Uh, if you want to pick that up, just check my IG. I have a course right now uh, priced really well for all of you all at 150. And I go over some of like techniques I use for what, like when you have stubborn fat loss and also when you've had like metabolic adaptations and issues. So like cortisol resets, um, female PCT, period restoration phases, things like that. So if that interests you and you work with women, you might want to pick that up and you can check that out on my Instagram as well. Um, and, you know, I'm still signing a lot of clients. I'm getting a lot of, uh, of women more in like the 40s these mm -hmm. days. Um, they're tougher cases, but um, I, I know how to work them. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's uh, pretty rewarding and they're doing well. So that's. That's about it, I think, for me. Okay. I've noticed the same thing. Question. What is your usual compliance with the clients you get? Like, do you get more average Joe's Jans who might have more of a compliance issue and you have to like work with them heavily on the basics before you teeter them up? Or why are you kind of like doing that? I would say 70%, 80% of my people have a history of dieting in some way. Okay. All right. So, yeah. So, so they already come into you with compliance stuff. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that I'd, yeah. I'd say I have 20% where you're like, mm, maybe we aren't ready for a flush type diet. Let's just get you eating, you know, something. Day and drink water. <laughs> yeah. So but I don't get those as much as I think like uh, a Jeffrey does. Yep. I've been getting some of those. So it's been interesting. All right. Well, my last seven days has been exciting. I had Lauren Conlon in town hanging out with us. Keegan called her bougie. So he was harassing her the whole time she was here, but we ended up going out to this like house that they did like a themed Halloween thing. So there was like these people dressed up as dead bodies and they had like the story you could ask them and stuff. There was like tarot card readings, all sorts of shit, but we were there for the alcohol. So every room had different alcoholic drinks you could have. And then after that, I took her to the Trivium concert um with white chapel here national so she got in the mosh pit and was bitching about dropping three nails but uh nonetheless it was a good time and then i went to uh you guys know richard sparks um i went to his wedding and then after that yes the only other big news is i get my new car on wednesday so i'm like super stoked about that it'll be here at my house on wednesday so uh, for those who don't know, on my dream, my vision board, I had my dream car as a Toyota Supra, and I managed to find a 2021 Toyota Supra A91 Touring Edition. It's just sexy. So it's mine now. And I was pretty happy to knock that off the list. And it was pretty cool to purchase for myself and all that. Ah, so anyway, with that being said, guys, let's get rocking on this. So today we want to talk about optimizing your lipid panel and your heart. Um, so I guess where we kind of want to go with this, when we're talking about the lipid panel, guys, are we going to be talking like, we're talking like HDL, LDL, um, homeocysteine, those kind of markers, right? Triglycerides. Triglycerides, all that. Let's get into that real quick. Okay. So HDL, that's your good cholesterol. What is a number that people are generally looking at for that? Mm, you want to be above 40 at least. Yeah. 40 is like the the low end of that like 50 to 60 would be a good place to start i haven't okay. seen my, myself above 40 in like i don't know 12 years, 18 years. i know I'm, I'm like i haven't seen myself above 37 in like at least five years the lowest one i had was a six. Oh my god what the hell were you doing <laughs> uh you know some contest prepped <laughs> goodies <laughs> <laughs> wonder if he had smashed that definitely anavar was in there anavar hits mm. cholesterol yeah, and right. business, man <laughs> ah see look at me i know a thing or two okay now what would you do for people who actually have low cholesterol low hdl how would you guys attack that supplement wise um well i mean you know we'd probably start with diet first yeah. okay I think, um you know 
I think two of the main feeder reasons in terms of why bodybuilders, male bodybuilders in general have such low HDL is because of the way we diet. You know, a lot of guys tend to diet, you know, low fat, you know, a low fat approach has been around bodybuilding, you know, as far as like before I was born, you know, um, so I think that's part of it. And also the, um, the enhancements that are used can plummet HDL and, you know, that has a lot of effects for cholesterol metabolism, but also in terms of brain, heart, brain and overall heart health. And it's linked to depression too, if you have low HDL levels. Yeah. I mean, for me, I'm going to start with diet first and foremost. Um, kind of what Jeffrey was alluding to, uh, I, I don't go low fat. I get a lot of omega threes in there avocado, um, and fish oil, krill oil. Um, and if, you know, it's not a bad idea if cholesterol's off to lower inflammation, um, and get that started. Yeah. So, you know, I might flush them with a Mediterranean type diet and then just parlay that into more Mediterranean eating and, um, get them walking and moving. That's going to help a lot. Um, then you can kind of take a look and see if you need to add any supplements, but you know, we'll talk about that in a minute. But, um, for me, that's the kind of type of diet I, I go after here. Okay. Is there any supplements you would like to add in Jeff? I know you could do garlic. Um, there's a couple of different ones you could do. Hmm. Um, well to boost HDL, you know, I think, you know, krill oil, like Jason said, would be really good. Mm. Um, but other than that, for supplements, Supplements, not really. Most of the cholesterol supplements that I use are more so to break apart LDL or to, you know, increase metabolism of LDL and triglycerides. So in that case, you know, we, we're talking about things like D-limonene, NAC, natokinase, um, fruit flow, those type of things would come into play um, there. But good old diet and making sure that you got a good percentage of calories coming from fat will boost your HDL. So... Correct. I think citrus bergamot is one to throw in there. Yeah, that one that works pretty well for some people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about GW50156? Have you guys used that for improving HDL? Because I have read in the literature that it does improve HDL. It it definitely does. Um, okay. You know, but I, it depends who the client is, right? Like, I'm not going to get never bodybuilder in anything in their life. I'm probably not going to give them a SARM. Um, <laughs> so, but, you know, if someone has terrible inflammation and their cholesterol is a shit show, I, I would have no problem using that. Yeah, no, because GW50156 has some pretty good applications it's, in that regards. And it's often just looked at for the fat burning side of things, which it, is great for that. Inflammation, yep. uh, um, you know, it's uh, it helps cholesterol directly um insulin sensitivity it's a pretty solid uh ad if you don't mind using sarms yeah it's really not even a sarm it just somehow not label that sarm thing yeah. so and then but the one thing about it that everybody talks about is the cancer study where they gave it to the mice or those special rats that don't live long and get that kind of cancer anyway and they were giving it like a bazillion times the dose or some ridiculous number and it was the only study they ever did on it so it does say that if you read up on it but uh there's a lot of good youtube videos out there on that one if you guys are interested in it now let's get on to ldl okay so when you guys look at the normal labs it's now showing ldl below 100 but when you read a lot of the functional medicine books they're saying that if you drive your ldl low it's too low too low it's bad why are they advising people against doing what the lab reference ranges are why are they advising people from driving ldl down yeah because like so i've seen stuff and where they were show where they were talking about some of the books i've read when ldl is too low like the total amount like is it below like i think it's like a certain i can't remember the number off the top of my head but basically you didn't want your ldl actually to be below 130 what it used to be did you guys read anything like that maybe i'm just out there in my field some of my woo woo books okay so then when you guys work with people on ldl do you guys when you guys get concerned about that ldl number where do you guys like them to be at uh i think the the range is like less than 150 or 155 or 130 it's around there that you want it to be you know less than that um ldl is you know I've never seen low LDL. I usually see low HDL on labs. Um, and usually if I see high LDL, I see high triglycerides. And it's usually due to stress because stress can 
kick up cholesterol production via the liver. The body can manufacture its own cholesterol, right? Um, and then it's uh, due to birth control. Uh, birth control can increase cholesterol levels as well. So those are probably the two main reasons. Um, Jason, what about you? Anything are we talking about? triglycerides or LDL? LDL. Um, I'm with I'm with Jeffrey. I've never seen um, low. Right? I've never seen a low. Yeah. Uh, LDL. If anything, you yeah. know, it's high or you know, and um, you know, I I like you know the same supplements we already talked about. If we're going to go the supplement route, and the diet doesn't help, but um, you know, you got into triglycerides, and, and another way to lower that is to lower carbohydrates. Um, too much mm -hmm. carbohydrates in the diet will will um, up your triglycerides as well. So, um, you know, that's where you can favor more fats and get the carbs down too. Yeah. Yeah. So when you look at it, it's LDL optimal, less than hundred near optimal is hundred and 129 borderline is 130 to 159. Yeah. So yeah. what I was getting at is they want people to be less than hundred, which I've never seen really many people with low LDL. Like I back up what you guys are saying, but I wanted to say, I did recall that they, that you wanted to be more near the 130 level. And I can't remember why, but I want to say I've stumbled on a book. So I'm going to hold myself to resourcing that and finding it and posting it, but I'm interested now. Okay. So let's move on to triglycerides. Why yeah. would that be skewed? And why would a person want those numbers? Where would a person want those numbers to be and why? Well, triglycerides are actually like the fat that's in your, in your blood. So, uh, you know, it's actual like lipid particles that, you know, will collect on the art arterial walls and cause arterial stiffening and increase your blood pressure. So, of course, you want those low. Um, the number for that, I don't, I, I, I could look up my, my lab sheets somewhere, but I think it's like under like 30 or less than 50, something like that. I don't know. I don't have my, my sheet like in front of me. Yeah, I mean... I think the high end of it is a hundred something. You definitely don't want to be up there. I think the high end is one fifty. Yeah. Um, you definitely want to be sub a hundred um, and 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 lower yeah. if you can for sure. Um, like I was saying before, um, carbohydrates can be stored as triglycerides. So for me again, I'm gonna pull carbs down lower. I'm gonna work on instant insulin sensitivity and that should help clean that up along with the anti-inflammatory diet um so i will say that triglycerides and your hdl when you're looking at a standard lipid panel are the two most important when you're looking at cardiovascular risk mm -hmm. um, so total cholesterol really i've read studies where like 180 to 280 they had the least amount of heart attack under 180 they had that's what it is that's what but it the, is but the, but the total they only want you like 199 but at 280 you know the 280 180 that's where the study says you're safe so you don't want too low and you don't want above 280 um so you know when you see someone at 210 and people flip out and let's get on statins and yada yada i really just look down at the other numbers well let's see what your triglycerides are let's see what your ldl is let's see what your hdl is um, so I think I went off on a tangent there, but no, cause you clarified what I was thinking of. For some reason, I was thinking it was the LDL number, mm. <laughs> like you weren't supposed to drive it down, but when you said total right. cholesterol, but they want you to drive your total cholesterol number down, like, you but, know, like you're not wanting to, say, yeah, you don't well, want to. Yeah. That's what it was. I had it for LDL and I was like, man, I could sworn I read it. And then when you said that, I was like, no, wait, that's what I was, that's what I was thinking about yeah. in my head. They don't yeah. want you to drive it down like like they've been suggesting. Yeah, like there's a whole big show. study out there on that. I found it on uh, Google. Was that Google Scholar at one point? But I don't, I don't yeah. have a site for it. But you can find it. I saw there was a study out there involving um, heart attacks and cholesterol numbers, and it was on the essence of that people who had bad cholesterol and good cholesterol really didn't have a difference in heart attacks. It was done in Britain. It was basically using statins, if I'm not mistaken, the efficacy of them and so forth. Because, you know, number one drug in America prescribed statins. So um, and that was in some statin book I got on my wall. All right. So I think we covered trigs pretty well. Thanks for clarifying that, Jason. So I knew I didn't sound totally crazy yeah. out of my mind. Um, now, do you guys ever have your clients pull for homeocysteine levels? Okay. Uh -huh. 
Jason, it, I, I actually do. And I have myself and it's based on the risk of heart disease. So if the family members, usually if they're predisposed to heart disease, that's a marker they want to pull because if it's high elevated numbers like that is in, does not do it's correlated uh, heart disease. So Jason, why do you pull it? Um, I'll pull it for that reason. Also uh, to see like methylation. Uh, you can see that too. You know, um, but it's not on my standard panel, but um, I have had people get it before. So, yeah, it's one of those markers you want to get. I'm actually on the lower side. Like I'm like at a six. So um, and I think they, the odd number they want you as like less than 10, maybe yeah. for optimal or something like that. Yeah. Um, OK, now let's move on to defining blood pressure, heart rate and normal fluctuations, because this is one that people lose their shit over when they're trying to monitor blood pressure. And I'm like, all right, well, what just happened when you monitor your blood pressure? First yeah, off, yeah. is the cuff big enough for your damn arm? You know what I mean? Like yeah. getting a blood pressure device at home, making sure you have a big cup. You got to get a fat cover. man. Cuff. Yeah. You got to get the obese. You're a bodybuilder. You got to get a fat yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. So I think that that's a big thing right there. If you're going to check your blood pressure, make sure you have a big enough cuff first. Okay. So Jeff, do you want to talk about like blood blood pressure, what that's you know define it and so forth, and then maybe some of the normal fluctuations about what people should be looking at and when you should be paying attention? Yeah, sure. So like you know, like you guys were saying, blood pressure, you know, you have to measure it, you know, several times a week as well. Make sure you have a, a good at home machine. They're not that expensive. Um, measure both arms, you know, not just your left arm or right arm and get a couple of readings and average those out. If you can't do it at home, you can go to, um, like a CVS or Walgreens, you can do it there. But basically, you know, we all know that 120 over 80 is that normal, you know, blood pressure, but you know, they're changing that standard and it's, you know, coming down a little bit and the top number. So that 120 is called your systolic number. And so that's the pressure that's like in your arteries when your heart actually contracts and beats. And then when your heart relaxes, that's the bottom number and that's the diastolic number. Um, so it's the pressure in between beats that's sensed within your arterial walls. Um, and so blood pressure is you know, really important because it's, it can be a silent killer for a lot of people because you don't really feel hypertension um, and so you hear a lot about, you know, these bodybuilders dying of heart attacks and kidney failure, kidney you know, failure, big, yeah. Yeah. and that all can be prevented if you keep an eye on your blood pressure. So I'll leave it at that for now. Jay, what would you like to chop in on? Um, you know, I, I think you covered everything. I was going to say that the standard has been changing, you know, the 120 mm -hmm. over 180. I know that they're actually I think brought the top number down. I haven't, I haven't looked it up, but um, you know, uh, like, like Jeffrey said, it's, it's one of those things that I like to have my bodybuilders who are on PEDS monitor um, for the kidney, kidney issues. Um, Telmisartan is a great drug that can help. So, mm. All right. Yeah. Let's get into that. Cause actually the next point we want to talk about was defining drug use. Unless you got anything you want to chime in on Jeff. Um, yeah, I do. Because in the calculation, like if you, if you think about like how it's calculated, you'll understand, you know, why the things that we're going to be talking about next matter so much because they go into the calculation. So, um, it's, so blood pressure is measured by what's called cardiac output and something called vascular, no, systemic vascular resistance. So it's cardiac output times systemic vascular resistance. That's blood pressure, mm -hmm. all right? And your cardiac output is the amount of blood that's pushed out per minute, okay? So that's measured in mLs of blood per minute, okay? So then cardiac output is then calculated by heart rate, like how many times your heart beats, right? So beats per minute, right? times your stroke volume, all right? And so that's that's how you arrive at that formula. And then there's something called systemic vascular resistance, which I first mentioned. And that's basically like your viscosity of the blood, like the vessel length and diameter and lifestyle factors. Like if you smoke or drink or eat, you know, a lot of, you know, processed foods, you're, it's like a hose that gets smaller and smaller. So think about it. If you have a really tight hose, you got a lot of triglycerides in there, 
making the the blood like the pathway really thin for the blood to like flow through then you've got like high heart rate from stress a lot of pressure goes into that those vessels and that's when a heart attack can happen so that's why blood pressure is so important and there's so many factors that feed into it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. jason i'm gonna throw it back to you for a second Tell Masartan, why do you prefer this blood pressure drug? Because you have different ones. You have like ACE inhibitors, like lisinopril that I've seen people put on. Often you'll see it attached with a thiazide, like hydrochlorothiazide. There's also calcium channel blockers that people be put on. You've also got beta blockers, which I think are awful to do um, because you're slowing down people's heart rates too much. But bistolic tends to get a little bit of uh, traction out there. But telomasartan seems to be all the rage. Why do you like telomasartan and why do you recommend it? Well, the, the, uh, side effects, uh, of it are, are way less. Um, you just don't really see a side effect to it and it works really well because it, it, it basically, uh, blocks substances in, in, in the blood vessels that would cause them to tighten. And so it keeps your blood vessels more pliable and open. So now you're getting more oxygen. You're going to train better etc cetera, etc cetera. so and then by having those um uh vessels open more obviously the pressure is relieved um i've seen uh taking it towards bedtime it'll actually help relax better uh brings blood pressure down um i i you know i know it's an angiotensin 2 uh receptor blocker but um i don't know all the science and ins and outs of that um I just know that if someone has blood pressure issues, uh, I know it's a safe, safer one to use. And uh, I probably would go so far as to say, even if I wasn't a bodybuilder, I would probably take that along with Matt Foreman. Yeah. Jeff, anything you'd like to chime in on Telemus Um, Nothing I mean, on, on Telemus Sartan. I mean, it's obviously, you know, a helpful drug. You can take it orally, 40 milligrams. Yeah, I've just been doing 20 and get great results with it. Yeah. I, I do enough hit. Yeah, I do 40, but I have I have <laughs> blood pressure in my family. You know, for blood pressure, we skipped right over it, but hit is something you could do that really helps with blood pressure, not like yeah. crushing yourself with it. No. But it does. So I don't know about you guys, but every time I do hit, my blood pressure will kind of get back into like a good spot. Yeah, so well, hit literally will increase your viscosity. So it could be bad acutely, or depending on how you know poor the the cardiac system is an individual, but over time hit is cardiac um, risk preventative because it lowers triglycerides and LDL by literally flushing your blood through your body faster. Yep. A hundred percent. What do you want to hit on Jeff? Pass it back to you. Uh, the only thing I wanted to add to what we were talking about before was like, um, when you check your blood pressure, just make sure you're hydrated a lot of people are dehydrated and they get high blood pressure and they're wondering why. Um, so dehydration, um, it increases vasopressin and that causes retention in your kidneys, in your, your overall fluid retention in the body. So make sure you're drinking enough water. So your kidneys, you know, aren't reabsorbing water and, and holding it inside you. Yeah. Do you guys want to talk about, do you, you ever had clients who were on beta blockers when they come to you? Yeah, all the time. Yeah, okay. Barely for me. Okay, so barely for you. So, Jeff, what do you talk to people? Do you talk to them about maybe coming off the beta blocker? Because I do. I'm like, hey, if your doctor's cool with a swap because it lowers their heart rate, man, they seem to have taken them forever to get their heart rate up heart to rate do up. anything. Yeah. And yeah. then most of like for guys, impotence is a big thing that usually hits them too. Oh yeah, because you're inhibiting the blood flow. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't take my clients off of any medication, especially not beta blockers, anything having to do with the heart. I don't, I do not. You don't No, I'm not saying take them off, but do you recommend or have that conversation with them about how like, Hey, it's just gonna be a little bit harder well, because well, everything's more stubborn. That, you know, you know, obviously they're taking it because they have high blood pressure. So we, we use blood pressure as a biomarker to measure progression and as I'm doing the lifestyle choices, as I'm hitting them with, you know, the D-limonene, the natokinase, maybe the metformin, all that stuff, you're going to see improvements in blood pressure to a point where they can then come off of the drug. And, you know, that will be at the discretion of their doctor once they see that improvement. Exactly. 
Yeah, I was just curious to have the conversation with him because I'll be like, look, yeah, man, no, of course. you're 32 years old. The reason that you're having some issues in some areas is because of that drug right there. Yeah. You might want to consider getting a new drug, especially if you're going to be serious about these lifestyle changes because it will improve. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you guys, is there any drugs out there that change people's cholesterol for worse that people should be aware of? Um, that you've had conversations. Sure there are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that was a note we put. So I was just sharing. I was like, I can't remember any off the top of my head that really like. I mean, obviously, Tran and Anavar and some of those good like Arimidex. They're not the best for your cholesterol. I mean, yeah. <laughs> any of your oral steroids, especially you know estrogen, you know, aromatase inhibitors, yeah, like that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, birth control. We talked about, um, some glutide will increase blood pressure. Um, because it's, yeah, you're like on a learning kick about that. So oh, why yeah, does it increase, yeah. why does it increase blood pressure? I dug into that. Yeah. It, um, it stimulates the, um, the autonomic nervous system. So it puts you into more sympathetic drive actually um increases ACTH and uh cortisol as well in speeding up blood pressure. So it could have some risks when you're applying it to some special demographics. Yeah, it's interesting. Hmm. Okay. All right. Cortico corticosteroids are also listed. Yeah. And growth hormone is actually listed. But to how much, how much of a difference does it make? Like, you know, you really have to see like person to person. I don't, I don't know think, about GH. Yeah, I don't think GH is going to make your blood pressure like 160 over. Not blood pressure. I thought we were talking about cholesterol. No, we're on blood pressure. I thought you asked what? Yeah, they're both intertwined. You they're asked. Kind of, oh, maybe. Well, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I'm just here. Cholesterol. <laughs> fair. I probably did. All right. Fair. Okay. So cholesterol. I don't know if GH could even change. But it certainly could affect blood pressure because of the water retention. Sure, the water retention. But I mean, if you're blowing it up like a water buffalo and taking like a bunch of IUs, I don't know. It liberates fatty acids. Free fatty acids. That's why it does, you know, negative on the cholesterol as well. I don't know. I mean, I've just, I've always had like low triglycerides and low LDL and low HDL. I've had it all those. So I've just never... So I can't really well, say that could be genetic. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. No, that's why like, I always pull my homeocysteine levels and I got my DNA done and I chatted with uh Jay uh, Glazier or uh, Dr. Jay Anthony over my DNA. I have to pull him on a podcast hey, to chat about it. Are you and Jeffrey supposed to compare DNAs again with him? Yeah, we got to do yeah, that for an that. episode. No, I've been re I reached out to him and he was just busy. So I was like, I'll follow back up. Um, the next one we wanted to talk about, cause I think we pretty much handled that on the like, cholesterol and so forth. Does marijuana improve your cholesterol? No, I just can't want to know that one. <laughs> Stress and arterial wall thickening and left ventricle hypertrophy. I know we talked a little bit earlier, but is there anything that you guys want to point out or, or dig a little bit deeper on since we did have it as a subject point? Jeez. Uh, I mean, I just want to make, as long as people understand the concept of that garden hose thing, I mean, it's just like if you got like, I don't know, mud like somehow makes its way into your hose and it gets stuck and then you turn the spigot on your house, it could blow the hose out. You know, I've, I've had that happen before when I'm watering my my lawn, right, Jeff? You water your <laughs> lawn still? Yeah, man. I'm a watering champion. Yeah, yeah. So if you have a stiff hose, you left it out in the winter, maybe it, it, it got some cracks so in stiff. it. You know, that's that's basically, you know, what our body is. It's like a bunch of like little hoses and... uh you know, vessels and things like that. Um, and that's, that's all there is to it. So just uh, control your stress, you know, don't, don't have elevated, consistently elevated blood pressure because over time that will kill you. It literally damages the vascular system. So the, um, you know, the LVA L left ventricle hypertrophy LVH mm -hmm. is, um, I have a, a theory. Um, you don't really hear of many bodybuilders, you know, or, or classic physique or uh, men's physique guys, you know, anyone who's not your mass monsters, anyone who's a super responder to PEDS, um, I would have that checked yearly, uh, if not every six months. Like, yeah, you're 250, 260 guy, 5'5, five, 5'8, five, five, um, and you're not checking LVH, uh, how you're, how that's working, um, you're, you're playing with fire. Because if your body responds that fast to PEDS, every other organ is doing it as well. And left yeah. ventricle hypertrophy really is overgrowth 
of the left ventricle and it, it loses its pliability and it gets mm -hmm. hard. Um, and so then now you can't get the blood out that you're supposed to, and you lose uh, your ejection fraction and it starts to go down. So Very good point, uh, Jason. definitely something that anyone should probably do it if you're going to use PEDS. But my point is if you're the big hyper responder guys, you really should be doing it. Yeah. There's, um, you know, Jason, that brings up a good point in terms of the clientele that we see and the differences that we see across labs, you know, African-Americans, they are more at risk for high cholesterol and sure. cardiac risk because they have more androgen receptors um, on their heart. And like you said, you know, if you respond great to, to PEDs, you all, you're also going to, you know, grow your heart uh, yeah. via those same mechanisms. Um, there are a lot of, the more I dive into like insulin sensitivity and androgen and androgenicity, there are large differences across races. Uh, it's it's really interesting. Like I was reading an article about um, metformin versus semaglutide in Asian populations. And uh, the, the paper stated that in Asian populations, when diabetes takes hold, it's because the pancreas stops producing amounts of uh, adequate amounts of insulin. So that in that in that case, metformin would be a better choice of, um, oh, sorry, semaglutide would be a better choice to boost those beta cell production versus using metformin in Caucasian uh, populations. So it's yeah. like shit like that that I geek out on. It's like super cool. Anything else you guys want to chime in on that one? I agree with what Jason says. Um, and I think especially if you're going to be using growth hormone in there yeah. as well. Yeah. You put that in there. With yeah. Me. I think you should just be a little extra smart. I mean, I'm not, but I would, I'm not advising anyone to do either. So anyway, uh, well, I'm going to get, I'm going to do you, Jason. You operate under the, I'd rather not know. Yeah. And when I'm 40, <laughs> when I'm 45 and I'm done competing, I'll go find out and you'll be the first one gets my phone call me crying. Like I was never done that show. God damn it. No, he's something like that. I'm like fucking dad need a heart. Hopefully I get some cool dude's heart i mean um but anyway okay so we're done with that one lab work okay so we talked about you know hdl ldl triglycerides homeocysteine probably want to talk about c-reactive protein um and maybe even like insulin because of inflammation and so forth so with crp what do you guys think about that and uh what are you guys looking for that what do you guys do when their levels are high how do you guys attack that and what determines it to be high jason you want to take it Sure. Um, you know, uh, well, what shit? I just blanked. What was it again, Jeff? Uh, CRP. Like CRP, what's the level yeah. that you're so going to start? I like, it, I like it, uh, one or under, um, you know, that's where you're at the lowest risk for cardiovascular, uh, incidences three and over you're you're more at risk and then the higher it rises i mean i've seen them up in the 20s and 30s um so Good you know god yeah so you know <laughs> if you get someone that's that inflamed uh they're they probably have insulin sensitivity issues like you said so i'm looking at fasted insulin they're probably gonna have some problems with their um with their cholesterol and even if they don't when you're that inflamed the arteries will plaque easier so you know that's just living inflamed in itself is a bad state to be in for your arteries. So what I do to get it down is I usually do a flush with a Mediterranean diet and get them on Metapure um, and really get those omega threes in. And uh, I rest them um, and pull back on everything that they're doing. Um, check cortisol, um, all those different things. Yeah, I agree. Um, CRP, obviously you can, um, have regular CRP and then you might sometimes have seen on labs, something called HS CRP or cardiac CRP. So it's high sensitivity. That's what the HS stands for. And so if it's HS, you obviously want it less than one CRP, like regular CRP. I think the, the optimal range is anywhere from zero to 10. So don't be alarmed. If you see a 10 thinking that it's HS, make sure you, you know, if it's HS, it's one or under. If it's regular, it's 10 or under. Um, HS is obviously, you know, more accurate, I would say. 
So what is LabCorp run? Because I don't remember HS being next to that, and they're they're three and over here at Cardio. No, no, it depends on the range. I guess like if you see the range being like up to ten, I've I, never I, seen a ten. Uh, I've always seen it cut at three, so I, I I don't know what you're looking at. <laughs> yeah, there are some labs that go up to ten for a CRP, but HS you won't see it go up to ten. Yeah. I will say something interesting that I did hear the other day on a podcast. So as you guys know, I listened to that Matt Blackburn. <clears throat> he was talking about his, he had some dental work they had to have done and it lowered his CRP from nine all the way back down to under one mm. that he had these like, like stealth infections almost in his mouth and yeah. that was causing his inflammation. <clears throat> so Jeff, I know you've talked about oral hygiene before. Yeah, yeah. So, is there anything you want to touch on with that? Like that—that's real. Like you know, to really pay attention to that. Like, I mean, if your gums are bleeding after brushing, yeah, things like that. I mean, periodontal disease is you know just like intestinal permeability. You have vessels in your mouth, and you know, think about all the bacteria that you come in contact with by eating on a daily basis, right? Our mouths and you know our intestines are you know the most permeable parts of our body unless you're taking shots up your asshole you know you could do the sponge you know the tampon thing you soak it with (laughs) i digress uh (laughs) so i'm fascinated actually i was just watching yeah you ever hear about that like like like, obviously i've never done this before of course you haven't no i wouldn't believe you but there are college because i saw like i saw the news like these college kids are like dipping uh, tampons and vodka and shoving them up their ass oh yeah we did that ut butt chugging baby so, so you get drunk faster because it absorbs yeah. directly into your bloodstream, bypasses your, your GI. Yeah. But, you know, it just goes to show that, you know, these membranes are highly permeable. So make sure you're taking care of your mouth because um, that can lead to, you know, gut infections and overall inflammation. So. Yeah, I'm actually getting some dental work done because I have periodontal disease for my bone disease. So I'm uh, kind of trying to decide if I'm going to have all my teeth pulled at once and just get it over uh, with. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. What would you get for the ears? The ears, yeah. I mean, I that just was like, those, down, those the ears are so white huh? and perfect. You'd have a hell of a smile. I know. I'd be like, "What's up, boys?" It's going to cost you twenty five G's. But hey, that's going to be my first time I do a national presentation somewhere. I'm on a big stage talking. Like, yeah. I mean, after you know, I'm doing my public speaking tour. I'll be yeah. the hype guy. I'll be yeah. the do better, do better. <laughs> be like, <laughs> that'll be me. Uh, I'm going to get paid fuck ton. Yeah. Hey, anyway, hey, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Covered guys is sleep apnea. Oh, that's a good one. Throw that in there then. Go for it. Yeah. No, sleep apnea. Like, have you guys had it? I don't. I don't have it. With it. Yeah. I had it because like anytime I'm over like 210, my body just hates it. I, I sleep like shit. I start choking in my sleep. Oh. And when you have sleep apnea and you deprive your body of oxygen, your body produces more red blood cells and it thickens your blood. Your hematocrit goes up and that can cause a stroke. So yep. Or a heart attack. Yeah. Yeah, so people, um, you know, reduce your body weight. Don't let it go too high in the off season for your own body. And if you need a CPAP, you know, I know a lot of bodybuilders they they use CPAPs to sleep. I've always thought about yeah. like if I needed a CPAP, I really feel like I would downsize. But yeah, I, maybe I wouldn't. I just I'm not I'm not wearing that thing. Like I was thinking about like if you're single and the girl stays over and like, <laughs> oh, I got to put on my CPAP. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that'd be amazing you just have like amazing sex you're like hey good night you put the CPAP on <laughs> you know what I mean like, yeah <laughs> sound like Darth Vader yeah oh my god yeah no that's a very important one I'm trying to think that we talked we probably missed some stuff but I think that these are the majority of questions I know clients and other coaches have asked me about blood work and stuff like that. I think yeah. talking about oral hygiene is an important one. I know what the GI map test, you test your oral hygiene as well as your, because it doesn't give you like an oral hygiene protocol to do. Uh, the GI map, no. Not that I'm aware that. I have seen a client get that. I have to see you guys. Maybe it's something else that company offers, but I've never. Yeah, seen yeah. And I've seen it on tests before. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, I guess we should talk about uh, like like calcium score, CT scan. Yeah. Nope. Good call. We can also talk about um, echocardiograms. Yeah. That's a very important one to get done every year, especially. Well, that's the one that will find LVH, I believe. Yeah, correct. That's the one that's getting a heart check, which you said you do that every year. So, all right, talk about calcium score test, which I'm not doing until 45 either. Well, I've done it. Um, 
it's very, very simple. You lay in this machine and it, you know, spins and um, they tell you not to move. And, and then you get your score in about a week. Um, it's testing for, for blockage, like artery, like um, blockage, scarring, um, you know, what's plaqued in your arteries. Um, luckily, uh, mine came back zero. Uh, I was sweating it. <laughs> not that I eat bad or anything else, but, you know, just I'm genetically have higher blood pressure. I genetically, uh, I'm more of a, a type a worrier. So I just was worried about it and, um, it came back good. So I was pleased. I was 40, uh, three. I did it last year sometime. Nice. Well, when I do all my testing, Jason, will you go with me and hold my hand? You know, offer <laughs> yeah, me moral support and like yeah, just be yeah, like, Jeff's okay, you're gonna die. It's fine. We just know. <laughs> just, <laughs> just accept this. Offer me lots of drugs before I go. Find me yeah, a good, good plug. Um, last thing we want to talk about. Is there any supplements that we want to talk about helping? I know if you in regards to working on for heart health, injectable L-carnitine is a good one because it does yeah. help improve ejection fraction rate. Um, that was what's it also helps clean arteries for, because it yeah. keeps more pliable because it converts to is it NO2, I think. Yeah, and correct so to help the arteries uh stay more pliable and thus uh better blood pressure and thus less likely to plaque. You know, so, you know what I would suggest, Jeff, yeah, as, as, a, as a supplement, quote unquote, is year round, year round cardio. That yeah, is, no, I agree with it. Love it. Number one, like if you care about your health, keep cardio in. Like I, I mean, myself, like I walk outdoors in any kind of weather, three to four miles per day. Because I sit, we all sit, you know, we all sit in front of a computer. So every morning, like this morning, I walked in a downpour outside for four miles, and I do that year round, no matter what. I have a treadmill at my house. I walk every day. If if anyone's listening to this, this is the single best thing that you can do to prevent risk what time do you get up to do that so you don't feel stressed about your day i usually wake up at like 6 30 and then walk for an hour yeah and i'm back i'm back by like 7 38 depending okay. you know, if i go longer but you know who knows what will happen right you can do all of the right things and still die at 45 in, in your porsche because you had a heart attack driving down the <laughs> who knows right but, but you'd I'm be doing, in a porsche i'm doing the best things i'm doing all i can to live longer because as i've gotten older and i'm sure you guys agree when you're like in your 20s you're like oh fuck like i don't want to be 40 like god like i don't i would kill myself if i was 50 but then now when you're 38 going to be 39 you're like god you know i want to live until 70 80 you know yeah man i want to see more of the world you know so you want to live or more. or you want to live to those ages and still be able to oh, do the things you enjoy you yeah know? you know living don't want to be in a hospital bed and fucking yeah, you know, yeah. tube fed or something fuck yeah that. yep yeah that's all that's all i've got <laughs> yeah no i agree with you i think that especially for people who could do hit i think that hit is something to really consider doing not like go kill yourself for 10 or 20 30 minutes but even five six bouts of it at the end yeah. of your workout it's good to do and some mess cardio grind i do uh five five intervals post-workout on a upright bike or a spin bike. And, um, I do it every time I'm in the gym. So it's at least four to five days a week. And, nice. um, I stay leaner and I just feel like it helps my like HRV. At least it used to. Yep, It um, does help. My, your I don't HRV. track that anymore, but I, I, I know it helps. Um, and that's something I struggle with. You know, what I've been doing for mine. I just get on the step mill and kick it to level 13 and just go six minutes straight. Gotcha. At the end of my workout, that's what I like. Now that my hip is healed, I love the step mill. I'm like, oh, back on my grind. But um, I do think that training your heart is an important thing. And I often wonder when we saw all these people start dying, I'm like, well, like for a long time, Jason and I, and I know Jeff, you remember too, the boards were like, don't do cardio. You'll walk your legs off. Like, don't do anything. You know, it was all just like eating gear. So anyway, <laughs> anything else you guys want to talk about or wrap up on? And guys, you know, there's something I think I, we, we need to say. Number one, if this is cool, be sure to share it. But number two, if you guys have topics for us you'd like to talk about, reach out to us because we might pick up guests for those and things like that. We'd like to hear what you guys have to say on some of this stuff. And we'll be putting stuff up in our stories. You know, but I, I do want to talk to us. I do want to bring up PEDS just, you know, a, a bit. Um, you, you, you joked, but uh, everyone thinks Anavar is, you know, the safer thing. And 
And it is to some extent because there's a lot of research behind it, but it will drive your HDL down really bad. And really all orals will. Um, if you don't need an AI, don't use one. Um, I don't touch them anymore. I'd rather uh, have someone put in like Primo, which uh, acts as an AI or Masterin, and then maybe use our Estracort. DECA has been shown to have negative consequences on heart valves. Um, so, you know, it's not something I use to be honest with you, uh, or much programmed in my clients. Um, you know, um, so those are just some things and that you might want to consider when you're looking at the peds and the peds you pick. You remember why I did the DECA only cycle? You tried it. Yeah. I remember I tried it and I did yeah. like eight weeks. Then my HRV was like guttered out. Yeah, I was I like yeah. irritable. Remember how moody I was? Yeah. I was like, I just felt like an asshole. Yeah. Like I just, it, it was weird. Cause like in the beginning I didn't feel bad, uh -huh. but then like, has it built up like every week that went by? I was like, Oh, uh -huh. but where it really got me was it made me really depressed. And it actually was overriding a microdosing therapy that I was on at the time, which speaks to like, what it was doing to me mentally. So when they, yeah, when they talk about that 19 nor Andrew stuff, like, yeah. cause anyone who knows when you go on trend, it's like the net, it's like the nectar juice of the gods. You know what I mean? Oh, like, your body changes like nothing, but you also have no serotonin and you're dead to the world. Yeah. You don't care about anything no. or anyone. You're like, no. I don't care. Empathy <laughs> is not something, you know, <laughs> yeah. Oh, we know from experience. All right, guys. Well, I think that was a good one. I think we got everything wrapped up pretty well. Like I said, ladies and gentlemen, we got PEC7. That will be January 27th, 28th. Look to our website for details, for us for details. What's the date on the court consortium again? The 14th and 15th? No. Uh, let me look at the calendar real quick. Make sure we get the dates right. 23rd. It's the, it's the 21st and the 22nd. That's so basically. One week before. Yeah. Exactly the weekend before. Yep. 21st and 22nd. Coaching Consortium is the only one I am presenting at, ladies and gentlemen. So if you want to see my beautiful face, that is the one to buy the ticket to. Otherwise, it's those two studs busting all sarcast picking up the PEC7 so I can run it. Um, but with that being said, if you guys got any ideas for topics, any guests you would like us to reach out to and chat with, we are so good with listeners that we can actually get people on. Let us know. Otherwise, have yourself a good day, guys. I'll see y'all later. Bye-bye. See y'all.